You are listening to NI Level. Tonight, Mystery of the Missing Co-Hosts. conundrum suitable for Miller and Lou's Holmes and Watson. Upon the approach of our six-year anniversary, uh, show co-host and founder Matt G. has vanished like uh, Holmes after Reichenbach Falls, pulling the plug and disappearing from both the online and interpersonal world for the nonce. So uh, join us tonight as we discuss this unusual situation and look towards where things may or may not go from here. In terms of the network christened after our reclusive, uh, reclusive compatriot, the archives for all four podcasts, and at least the view on this show for the short term, uh, plus Squiggly's Netflix, uh, excuse me, movie reviews, and our usual parade of perverts, clowns, and attempts to keep up with our first Fuhrer's attempts to dismantle America and screw over both its own populace and constituency, and in fact the entire free world in as speedy and unchallenged a manner as possible. So uh, as the Nina Hagen reference indicates, things may be about to get weird. Again, tonight's show, Mystery of the Missing Co-Host, Future Is Now. I'm going to run a couple of promos for the other shows and this one as well, and we will be back momentarily. What is At Eye Level? A reductio ad absurdum look at the headlines from politics to pop culture, from the corporate to the individual. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we take a not-so-serious look at the serious issues of the day. Whether it's politics, economics, social issues, music, or old movies and TV shows, we discuss everything the corporate media overlooks while making you laugh at the absurdity of it all. Hell, you've got to have a sense of humor about life. Just look at the headlines. So join me, Matt G. And me, Doc Savage. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern as we navigate the sea of trolls, talking points, and trickery and try to figure out a way to be there when tomorrow comes. At eye level. Bringing more to you, only on the Big Papa Network, on Blog Talk Radio. Every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific... Tune in to Third Eye Cinema, your source for in-depth discussion of cult cinema with a focus on film that matters. Cult, grindhouse, drive-in, independent, and underground film from the dawn of the talkies through the early 90s. This is a forum where we explore genre film and music from around the world, in-depth conversation and career analysis with directors, actors, and musicians, and open discussion on films that matter, those that fall outside the mainstream corporate film by boardroom committee. These are the problems of the auteur, the visionary, the dreamer, the outsider. None of that direct that passes for mainstream film these days. This is all about the glory days of independent cinema from all over the world. Any of the hotbeds of obscure, oddball, or generally wild cinema available on DVD from the dawn of the medium to this very day. Join us as we delve deep into the cinematic netherworld here on Third Eye Cinema. Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. Join us on Tuesday nights at 6.30 Eastern for an exploration of the many roads and methods which promise to lead us to the ultimate answer, a higher purpose, meaning of life. 
I'm just like a lot of you, a middle-aged mom with piles of laundry and a meditation practice. I've been down many roads to get where I am today, and my journey is far from finished. But I'd like to share my experience and hard-earned wisdom with you. So what is it about women and spirituality? It seems like we're always the first to try out something new. Christianity was spread in large part by wealthy women. And where would Uncle Al be without his scarlet women? Who is by and far the largest audience of New Age alternative spirituality? What is it about us that always has us seeking? And why does it always seem that men tend to take over what we discover? Join us for a dialogue between two long-lost friends representing both the yin and yang aspects of the whole, each of whom have traveled multifarious paths all across the spectrum of spirituality, the dark side and the light, from the organized to the out of the way. This show is for all those frustrated in their quest who've been through various thoughts on the spectrum of spirituality and found them ultimately unfulfilling. Join us for some hard-earned lessons and thoughts on potential new directions and possible value in what inevitably fails in organized practice, but which may have some merit to the solo practitioner, fellow seekers of truth, in this journey towards life. Moving towards life. Lessons in life and spirituality from an unconventional seeker. Bringing more to you, only here on the Big Papa Online Network. On Blog Talk Radio. Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us for Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, your essential guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Drop in for a spell with Doc Savage and Lois Paul, myself. Discuss with me love, the hating, the weird, and the wonderful world of cult films, music, television, and more. We'll be covering classic films, shows, musicians, and literature of the past, with an eye towards what new visions may still arise from the soullessly derivative mire of our modern age. Tune in turn on and take a step outside the mainstream as we dig deep into the rich vein of cult cinema, music, and television right here on Weird Seats Inside the Gold Mine. Only here on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. And we're back. Um, whew, okay, well, this is going to be an interesting show because, uh, as I'm sure longtime listeners know, uh, Matt had offered many times to say, you know, I don't feel like doing a show next week or I got something else going on. You know, you guys can uh, handle it yourselves or even before Robert got here, like, oh, yeah, you know, you can just do show yourself if you want. And I never really expressed any interest. And there's a reason for that, um, because I tend to work better with a partner, uh, whether it's, you know, somebody that's in the foreground like Matt liked to be or whether it's somebody that was more in the background uh, or whether, you know, preferably it was somebody that was on equal footing like Lewis with the uh, Weird Scenes was, uh, you know, to just run a running monologue, if you will, uh, is not really my style. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there is an odd situation here, and we're going to get into that momentarily. just want to put some background music up, so here we go. So first off, I should point out that nothing has changed on my end. Uh, I can assure everyone of the continuation of Third Eye Cinema as a website. Uh, we'll still be reviewing Vinegar Syndrome uh, DVDs and Blu-rays as they send them to us. Uh, and, of course, our ever-expanding monthly music review for all things metal, goth, punk, and underground. Those are going nowhere. Uh, so you can go over there and check it out. Uh, the site's links would be 
thirdeyecinema.wordpress.com is our main source. But you can also check us out on Twitter uh, at Third Eye Cinema or uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Third Eye Cinema. Um, and in terms of the other shows, uh, they're all archives at this point, but you can check out Weird Scenes at, at Weird Scenes 1 on Twitter. Uh, WeirdScenes1.wordpress.com is our main site. And uh, Facebook.com forward slash Weird Scenes 1. Uh, moving towards light, never really got a site. It was not a long, it was more of a project. It wasn't a long lived um, thing. Uh, we had said more or less what we were looking to say. And uh, both of us moved in different directions uh, in our lives at that point. Uh, we're still friends. It's not that kind of a thing. But in terms of the show itself, there's been some interest back and forth with various parties and reviving it, but that has not happened, and uh, at this point may not happen. So uh, you're welcome to go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash moving towards light, dig through and find the 10 shows that we have done. Uh, and of course, you can also check the, uh, the Big Papa uh, online uh, iTunes feed where all the shows are contained going back right from the beginning. Uh, now, uh, I can assure, like I said, everybody that Third Eye Cinema, in terms of the website, is going to keep on going the way it is. However, uh, all right, here's where we start off. Circumstances behind Matt's disappearance. Um, well, you know, it's not anything that uh, we're really going to get into deeply on air because, you know, there obviously are those who've been listening to this show for however many years we've been running here, almost six years now. Uh, should be well aware of all the issues that he's brought up, uh, all the struggles and trials and travails of first his life on the comedy circuit out in L.A. and trying to hold down a job, but then, of course, after the move to uh, more or less moving into libertarian hell uh, in the Midwest there uh, and the situation there. And, of course, you know, many, many things have happened along the way. Um, you know, The thing with the food truck, there's a lot of things going on. So – Basically, there were a lot of struggles in his life, as we know, uh, just from listening to the archives. So uh, you're welcome to go back and check those out. He's been pretty open about everything. There's no real secrets that I'm aware of, but you know, let's just leave it at that. Uh, those who know, know. Uh, those who are interested can go dig back and listen to old shows. Uh, but there obviously was a lot of stuff, a lot of pressure going down there. Um, now, in terms of Last December, uh, you could hear there were some early warning signs. Uh, it was around the same time that uh, – <laughs> that's appropriate music uh, – that Lewis had made uh, some we, – we had tried to – we were on hiatus, one of our little hiatuses that we did several times of the, the course of the 50 episodes or so of Weird Scenes. And he had made noises that he wanted to get back on the air and do another of our short seasons. And not long afterwards, uh, first off, the vibe was a little bit different. There's something going on. He thought it was on my end. I thought it was on his end. It didn't mean much to me, but uh, you know, I just figured we were getting our groove back. But you know, uh, he had made some noises that once we, uh, I guess, once we finish out our couple episodes that we had planned. Uh, minus a couple because he was going to drop some that uh, you know that was going to be the end of it on that show uh, and all of a sudden he just one day about two days before Christmas flipped uh, so you know I don't know what the deal was uh, you know he was a good guy he was a great co-host uh, lots of fun we were a raconteur but 
it was kind of going south. But around the same time as that, Matt had been making noises that, you know, maybe he wanted to get off Facebook for a while. Maybe he wanted to put the show on hiatus. You know, it's been going on for a lot of years. We don't really know uh, how much is how much to take that seriously. You know, those who listen every week, you know, heard his little thing. Some of that is shtick, uh, but some of it was true. Some of it was not just shtick. Uh, so, you know, I was kind of wondering about that. And those who had heard the last maybe four or five shows can probably pick up the tone had changed a little bit in his introductions. Uh, it was less of the sort of thing that we were used to where it was more, you know, comedy shtick and a little bit of ranting just to get it off our chest and a little bit more grim, I guess. Um, so what had happened there is apparently that was – you know, a real deal going on. Uh, he just uh, found everything to be a little bit too much all at once, and he wanted to take some time to step back. And, uh, you know, it, it seems strange to me because I can't picture just jumping off of social media entirely and, you know, um, I don't want to say walking away from everybody, but, you know, just kind of regrouping in that to that degree. Uh, but that's kind of where he's at right now from my understanding of this whole situation. Uh, so um, there was also a couple of things that were odd. Like he had mentioned the last show that we were on air, uh, how he was building this thing from the bottom up by himself. And there's truth to that and lies to that because those of you who know and have been here for the, the six years of the archives uh, have heard how many times he has mentioned himself on air. Uh, that really – it was our partnership that kept this thing running in terms of this show, and in terms of building to the extent that we did you know, the extra stuff that came out of it, you know, Third Eye Cinema, and then the Third Eye Cinema website, and then the other two shows, you know, Moving Towards Light and Weird Scenes came around the same time. Uh, and the building uh, followings that we had for all of those shows, uh, especially Third Eye Cinema and Weird Scenes, were really growing. Um, by the time that things went away. So it seemed a little bit strange that he was kind of making it like it was all his doing and all his fault and, you know, it's not really going anywhere and all this. I was like, well, that's not really true. Um, you know, he always had his shtick going on, especially since last summer when we got involved with another podcast and they really like to rub it in. I, I think it's part of shtick as well, but uh, about like, oh, how wonderful their numbers are and all oh, this, this show that nobody listens to, which is horseshit. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, given what happened, that uh, Matt always saw it as much as just shtick and horseshit as I did. Uh, so I think a lot of that got to him, unfortunately. Um, basically, in terms of the other shows, uh, I should say that, you know, those of you who know the history, you know, you've already experienced this, but Third Eye Cinema arose from NI level. Uh, I was a friend of his from school. We hadn't spoken in many years. We connected on social media and, you know, we were actually friends in high school, and we were friends uh, in college. We were bumping into each other quite a bit because of, uh, you know, I was in a certain band, and a friend of mine was in a, quote, rival band. And we've played some jam sessions that we've both done together over the years, you know, since we got back together recently ourselves. Um, 
and those of you who have heard the the jams with me and Tantino uh, a couple of times, there was like two of the sessions about a year apart. Uh, you know, you, you know what to think one way or the other. But the bottom line was Matt was serving as manager, and we were all friends in the same group, and so was uh, our caller uh, Super Argo, who calls it once in a while, uh, also in the same circle. And you know. During those periods, or you know, I hadn't seen him since that time, since you know, somewhere in the middle of late college, and we had reconnected. And he says, you know, I'm doing this thing on air, and you should really, you know, just call in. I was like, well, what the hell, you know, call in? We talking about like radio show? I'm like, oh, yeah, just call in. Let's let's do this thing together. You know, we'll just you know reconnect and stuff. You know, you can talk about whatever on air. I was like, well, okay, whatever. It seems strange, but you know, got on. We both liked what happened, and it built from there. And eventually, very quickly, uh, I became his uh, on-air partner, and we went from there. And maybe within six months or so, not only did the because uh, it was a really fledgling show at that point, he had done maybe three or four shows uh, by himself. And was considering seriously just packing it in and moving on to the next venture. Uh, you know, he had a stand-up career and everything else. And I'm sure he still does. Um, but you know, the idea was just, hey, this is really working, and people are starting to listen. So things are getting good. Um, you know, being me, I he always had a conversation about controversy, and he was really trying to play a middle ground. And I brought in my own stance on life and politics and philosophy and whatever. And we started to attract a certain audience, and things built from there. Uh, also, during that same year, uh, I would say definitely before Christmas, it might have been October, uh, we had – I had started talking to some SOB directors, and actually early, uh, which were much better edited and whatever later, uh, on-air discussions with uh, some SOV directors actually came on at my level first. And then I just built it from there because I was going to keep bringing people on. He's like, well, why don't you just do your own show? And again, I wasn't sure. This was pretty early on. I'm like, what's this radio thing? You know, We're just kind of screwing around here. Uh, but that happened very shortly thereafter in the beginning of 2012, and uh, that became a very successful venture. I got a lot of big names right out of the bat from the film world and uh, you know DVD company directors and actors and all sorts of people, um, names from – Grindhouse exploitation and you know Italian cinema and all over the damn place, um, you know drive-in movies from the '60s stuff you'd seen on TV, stuff you were familiar with if you'd like things like something weird or whatever, um, and that really built out. And then as I started finding that a lot of people had passed on that I cared about, and we were getting more towards. You know, the 80s where everybody was kind of a nameless slasher, uh, showed up in one film and never did another thing in their lives and then so beyond. Uh, you know, I did some up all night people. I did some at kickboxing people. I did a lot of, you know, that sort of a thing. But it was drying up. So, okay, well, let's move on and do some, uh, you know, music stuff because I was at the time and I'm still uh, had been out of various phases of music. I was, I've been in many places in my musical life and career and stylistic choices. Uh, but, you know, I'd been a punk. I'd been a goth. I'd been a metalhead, and I'd cycled in and out of all of those and gone other places as well, you know, jazz and things like that. Uh, but, you know, at the time, I was really getting back into metal. There was a uh, new to this country. We were finally getting back this sort of retro trad kind of a thing. Um, and I started 
connecting with people in those bands. You know? So once again, we started moving towards uh, a music thing. Still kept the film thing up. So it was, you know, throughout his career, Third Eye was always somewhere between music and film. Uh, but, you know, that went on for quite a bit. I uh, got about 90 shows out of that, in fact. Uh, was pretty damn regular. You know, it was basically almost a weekly thing throughout. Uh, until you get towards the very end, and it became more like a month or so, you know, whatever. Uh, and then I was just, you know, it's when you do a show like that, which is all interviews, there's a lot of work involved. Even if you know the people well and you like the music and you've been living it for years, there's prep involved. There's scheduling involved. You're dealing with this person's rep and that person's agent and whatever the hell, and they can only do it during the day and you're at work and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So, it's just going to be too much of a pain in the ass. And there's editing afterwards, and then I would sit there and air it. You know, I would be live, but the interview would be pre-recorded and edited. I'm like, all right, it's enough of this shit. <laughs> so as much as I enjoyed doing that, that was kind of the end of it. I never really closed the door, but I was kind of done there. And we just went back to this show, which had been there throughout. Uh, and had always been sort of a uh, source of comfort for both of us, I guess. Uh, it was old, reliable. We can always get back to just the two of us screwing around and uh, talking about current events and talking about old stories that we've been through and getting some of our friends on air. And, of course, when we were really going viral for a bit there, uh, there was this whole business where he kept having these uh, round tables, I guess. He would gather these people from various areas and walks of life, and we would have these big discussions about events that were happening that at the time weren't happening quite so frequently, uh, you know, mass shootings or whatever the hell. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about a lot of those shows in some ways, but it definitely was interesting. I liked some of the people, and it certainly it got us a lot of listens. Um, but again, we had made some changes over the years, you know. Starting with Matt's move, I think was a big one, uh, where we just kind of went back into the archives and aired some of our old stuff from back in the day, uh, you know, our high school hijinks and such, uh, with this group that I had mentioned and some others. Uh, and you know, we kept changing direction. Okay, well, now we're more serious and political. Nope. Now we're more, you know, fart jokes and comedy. Uh, nope. Now we're more, you know, self-referential. Nope. Now we're more socially active. And I think overall it worked. Those who stuck with us, uh, you know, we still have a couple of people that I hear from every now and then uh, tell us how much they enjoy it and how it's, um, if you will, it's it's a unique perspective on the life and the world and everything. And uh, they they are regulars for that reason. They do enjoy our stuff. Uh, but you know, in terms of blog talk. They change their uh, their number of ratings thing. So we used to see, okay, look, this show has so many listeners from the dawn of time, and all of a sudden it was within the last seven days or in the last thirty days, and that would kind of vary, and you know, the various phases and time off that we took for whatever, you know, because again, we're talking about the move and things like that. Uh, we'd be off for like a month or three months or something, and the ratings would fluctuate. Now to me, I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, but to him, this I guess this guy was a burr under the saddle, if you will. Uh, in the meantime, like I said, we had I had closed down uh, Third Eye Cinema, other than you know the website obviously, which flourished. I was doing audio drama reviews. I was doing literary reviews for my own benefit. I was doing the music reviews. I was doing the movie reviews. 
a lot of that's still there. The audio drama reviews went by the wayside, but uh, I'm not averse to it if somebody who is producing these things still is interested in sending some my wife a review. Um, but a certain relationship went sour there, so you know that was the end of that. Um, and you know, we get to the point where I said. <laughs> You know, Matt was having some issues again, again, related to the move and all the things that have happened. And I started pitching in in other ways. And I said, well, you know, if we're going to keep the network running, why the hell don't we do something with that? And I got more active than I already was, and that's when we had Moving Towards Light for a bit with an old friend of mine. Uh, and that kind of went its ground. And during the same time, Started up weird scenes, and weird scenes really was like third eye cinema, really doing well. Uh, definitely has a uh, a crowd of interest, if you will, uh, and an appeal. And Lewis was great, you know. Again, just like Matt, he was a perfect foil for me, uh, and vice versa. And you know, he really knew his shit. Uh, but things went weird, like I said, right before Christmas. So, you know, there you go. What are you going to do? That was kind of a shocker. And like I said, around the same time, Matt started making noises that, you know, maybe he might want to step off Facebook. Maybe he might want to not do the show for a bit. And I was like, geez, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, but, you know, it was quiet again. And we did maybe four or five shows since then. Uh, overall, I think they were pretty good. We had actually introduced what's really baffling about it. We introduced some new skits uh, because, you know, Robert, who was our regular caller, uh, and, you know, he brings over the squiggly stuff with him. Uh, we temporarily had another thing with Book Nook. Uh, and he started doing a new skit, uh, which unfortunately only one was aired so far. So hopefully there will be more of these to come, uh, where he was basically doing a uh, a Scottish perspective on world events, you know, foreign correspondent, if you will. Uh, and I thought those went really well. Um, those who have listened to it enjoyed these profusely. But you know, we both had uh, succumbed to. He had the flu, and I had some other respiratory type thing that like, kind of knocked us flat for a week or two. And so we didn't take, you know, we took a week off, uh, mostly urged by Robert, honestly. <laughs> we might have still tried to do it. Uh, and in retrospect, maybe we should have uh, because, you know, we had other skits planned. He had another skit planned with, uh, he was going to start doing something similar to what Robert was doing, but with his father's uh, perspective. And so, so he's going to do the voice and the whole deal. Uh, <laughs> I know some people that were kind of enthused about that, and, but I don't know. Something happened, uh, I guess. Uh, what do you want to say? Things just get to you after a while, uh, whatever else is going on in his life, and uh, it all came to a head. So I will tell you that he's okay. I will tell you that uh, I finally was able to get in touch with him because that was difficult as well in the first couple of days. Uh, it was definitely a source of strain for a lot of people over the weekend, uh, wondering if he was okay and such. Uh, but I was able to get in touch with him, and his comments were hopeful. I mean, uh, just one thing he said was, you know, uh, that he needed a break, like we we're saying here, and that 
you guys, meaning uh, me and Robert, I guess, can do it without him for a while. Uh, he's trying to get himself back together, you know, get his head straight off. Um, and that, you know, there's nothing to do with any of us or any of the other folks that he was uh, corresponding with on social media or whatever, I gather, because, you know, there's, there's no animosity. There was no, none of this was really personal about this. Uh, but, you know, he just expresses a need for a break. Now, myself, I am hoping that this is a short break. You know, we've had a couple of those before. Uh, I'm hoping that he comes back sooner than later. Um, but, you know, I'm also a strategist, so I also have contingency plans in formative stages. So, uh, assuming that Matt is, in fact, going to return, and hopefully, you know, within a month or so, uh, then great. You know, and then we're just going to pick up where we left off and everything will be cool. But if not, um, you know, if one thing I wanted to do was try to find a new co-host. Uh, so anybody that is a regular listener of the show uh, that feels that they share our sensibilities, uh, whether it be, you know, sociopolitically or in terms of the comedy or both, uh, you know, I had spoken to an old friend that uh, we used to do a book and film club together, and I, and he's also you know very active in politics and such, uh, more so than I am to be honest with you. And you know, I said, hey, you know, we could just kind of do something like we don't even have to record it on the night that it airs because that's what I did. Was third cinema was recorded on who knows, you know, two weeks before and I had edited it, which I told there's no there's gonna be no editing here unless it's a major gaffe. But it can be recorded off air, and we can do something, in his case, where we did a little bit of a film discussion, not like what I was doing with Lewis on Weird Scenes. Uh, that was very comprehensive and broad, but you know, just like we were doing with the club, where it's like, okay, we discuss a film or two and uh, compare, contrast, whatever. Uh, the, the ramifications of it, the historical time period it came out in, that kind of thing, and then speak about, you know, speak to per, um, current events and things going on in the news. So, you know, there are possibilities here if we can find anybody that's actually interested in co-hosting. Uh, I am hoping temporarily. I'm hoping that Matt comes back. It seems like he might be interested in doing so from what he said, but, you know, we don't really know. We don't really know how this is going to go. Uh, and if that doesn't happen and we don't find a new co-host. Honestly, I don't know how long this is going to continue as a effective one-man show or, you know, including the uh, invaluable contributions we get from Robert every week as a two-man show. Uh, but, you know, that's not going to play out in the long term. Let's put it that way. So as things stand, uh, this seems to be his request that we uh, keep the pilot light on and either run a shorter regular show or just do this, you know, more intermittently as inspiration strikes until, you know, he's ready to come back and do this thing again. Uh, but, you know, if things drag out for a bit uh, or if he decides just to, you know, hang up the podcasting hat permanently, uh, I'm thinking about moving the archives to some sort of free server. I'm looking into that right now. And we will shut down the BTR feed because I don't see any reason to be funding them when we aren't going to be airing new podcasts. So hang in there because uh, this is all just thoughts in various directions. We don't really know what's going to be going on here. Uh, and of course, to do that, and beyond just the physical move of all the archives, 
you know, there's a lot of links going on, especially on Third Eye, uh, and then weird scenes as well, uh, pointing to where these podcasts are currently stored that would have to be reworked and so on and so forth. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, so the key here, the one thing that everybody should be taking away from this is that we don't know for sure. Uh, being the kind of guy that I am, I'm taking Matt at his word. Uh, we're going to forge ahead for now. We're going to keep the light on for a bit, assuming that this is just a temporary situation. Uh, we'll keep bugging, bugging Squiggly for his Netflix uh, movie reviews and Robert for his new foreign correspondent feature. And we'll try to keep going like we ever do, you know, comedy news, perverts, agony columns, schadenfreude on the lighter side, and trying to keep it with uh, their commandant-in-chief's rapid-fire moves to fuck over the American people and send the entire free world into chaos, economic collapse, and global war, which is honestly a job and a half in and of itself. Um, and on that point, I should say, where were you – who are you? Who are you stupid fuckers that actually went out and voted this two-faced, borderline retardation IQ, racist, openly fascist rap bastard into what he sees as a Machiavellian monarchy rather than the nominal head of a representative democracy? How fucking stupid are you people? I mean, and all you protesters, you know, while your belated efforts, we really appreciate them, where the fuck were you on election day? I didn't want Hillary. I didn't like her PC bullshit. In fact, very few people I spoke to actually did, but I still wound up standing behind her, not on her own meager merits, but against tyranny, which is what you're sitting out the vote this time around dropped on all of our heads. And it doesn't just affect America. He's already causing some seriously ruffled feathers all around the globe, far more so than even W was able to. We are going to wind up in some serious, serious shit if this man is not impeached, and we aren't going to do any better, unfortunately, in the hands of Pence and McConnell, who are using this stupid piece of shit as distraction to dismantle the United States government and the American way of life. These measures were preordained. They were only held out held back by two surprise elections for Obama, whatever his failings otherwise. That's why they spent eight years in solid obstruction and breath-holding tantrums. Now, there's a Republican majority in the House. There's a Republican majority in the Senate. There's a Republican stronghold in the Supreme Court and in the White House itself. Gee, no wonder we're all fucked. So speaking of which, it's time for the Trump news. So let's find that uh, Nazi chant here. The horse vessel song, because nothing else applies when you talk about that son of a bitch. Our president. <laughs> it's not my fucking president, that's for sure. Actually, here, play this one. I'm Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. <laughs> Okay, so here's just a few things that have gone on in the last week or two. There's a leaked Republican bill that aims to completely abolish the EPA. Goodbye, Environmental Protection Agency. Hello, poisoned water, poisoned air, 
and weird diseases. Uh, House Republicans just voted, by the way, to allow dumping of coal waste in rivers. Yay. I'm actually just reading fucking headlines. It's that bad. Uh, Trump's press secretary says the media disposition should be that Trump is correct unless we can prove otherwise. Uh Here's one, Make America Clan again, because Trump is going to drop white supremacists from the terror watch list. All he's interested in is Al-Qaeda and Islam. Uh, here's another one, Trump bans the public from calling the White House to comment or protest. And if you haven't heard about him trying to criminalize protests, you've been having a look and you haven't been listening. Here's another one. Felony charges were put against journalists arrested at the inauguration protests, which raised fears for press freedom. These are from reputable sources, people. This is from CNN. This is from the New York Times. This is from the Washington Post. Uh, Trump just ordered government scientists to hide facts from the public and then also immediately suspended all EPA contracts and grants. He's telling scientists, he's telling reporters, he's telling everybody to lie on his behalf, and whatever he says should be assumed to be true, like the Bowling Green Massacre. I really cry for all the victims of the Bowling Green Massacre. How about you? Uh, EPA scientists' work may face a case-by-case review by the Trump team, according to an official. That's from NPR. Uh, it turns out that Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, remember all those voter fraud shit? Kushner is registered to vote in two states. Uh, President Trump wants to kill 17 federal agencies and programs. Here's what they actually cost and do. He wants to cut the corporation for public broadcasting. Uh, the cost per American is $1.37. So goodbye Sesame Street. He's going to save $1.37 out of your fucking paycheck. Uh... National Endowment for the Arts. Uh, cost per American, 46 cents. Uh, so go buy all your museums and you know, art projects and cultural events. Uh, enjoy that 47 cents. National Endowment for the Humanities, uh, which is a similar thing. It offers funding to libraries and colleges and museums, 46 cents. Uh, the Minority Business Development Agency, 11 cents. This helps minority-owned businesses to basically, you know, it's like a startup thing for small businesses. Uh, the Economic Development Administration, cost per American, 66 cents. This supports distressed communities with infrastructure needs uh, and uh, to spur entrepreneurship and innovation at the regional level by economic development projects. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? The International Trade Administration. Here, let's put some more Nazi music on the back. There's no other way to describe this fucking guy. Uh <laughs> Let's see. The International Trade Administration, cost per American, $1.60. Ooh, buy yourself a bagel, people. Uh, <laughs> it helps American businesses sell more products to overseas markets. Uh, let's see. The Manufacturing Extension Partnership, cost per American, $0.43. Cents. Uh, a public-private partnership that helps small to medium-sized manufacturers build more new products, become more efficient, and improve sales and marketing techniques. Uh, let's see, the Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services, 88 cents, people. Uh, the majority is dedicated to hiring more police personnel to help local communities. Uh, let's see, and it's apparently doing this, saved $119 million to uh, local law enforcement agencies, resulting in 900 created or saved jobs. 
let's see. The Office of Violence Against Women, $1.48. Ooh, so much for those domestic violence shelter sisters and rain and all those things. Uh, Legal Services Corporation. Here you go, $1.55. This is legal aid, people. It helps poor Americans afford legal services. Uh, Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. The Civil Rights Division. 48 cents. So much for that. Uh, let's see. The Environmental and National Resources Division of the Justice Department costs 38 cents. It brings cases against those who break pollution-related laws. Uh, the, including the Clean Water Act, to give one example. The Overseas Private Investment Corporation cost per American nothing. Budget self-sustaining. He just wants it out of there. Uh, these guys help businesses with annual revenues below $400 million invest in large-scale operations like airports and water systems. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so basically he just wants nobody but big corporations that kiss his ass to get anything. This is the way dictators work. You have to lick their fucking ass to get anything. This is what you voted in. This is what you allowed to take power over the United States of America. You stupid motherfuckers. I wish I could visit all your houses that did it. Uh, <laughs> dumb. Dumb. Tobacco is in the back of my head. Wake you up. Uh, so, what else we got here? The UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Cost per American, three cents. You can't even get a Jolly Rancher. Uh, this species reports from the world's leading climate scientists on the state of global warming and its impact on human populations. So much for all that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. The Office of Electricity, Deliverability, and Energy Reliability. 81 cents. Created after the 2003 blackout. Left 50 million Americans and Canadians without power. These guys invest in the electrical grid to make it more modern and secure. Goodbye. Enjoy your fucking blackout for seven weeks. Go beg the Trump for help. Uh, Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, 895. Oh, that's an expensive one. They work to create and sustain American leadership in the transition to a global clean energy economy. Uh, so in other words, like the idea of using methane gas to power things, uh, like from the port landfills and such. Ooh, how horrible. We might actually get off fossil fuels. Uh, and speaking of which, Office of Fossil Energy. 271. That's the cost per American. Uh, let's see. Projects like the development of clean coal technology. Uh, let's see. Apparently, they have something they developed that capture 1.6 million tons of CO2 per year from an existing coal-fired power plant. All of that stricken by executive order. Your president, not mine. Uh, management team at State Department apparently resigned en masse. What did he tell the State Department do that the entire management team resigned together. That's their jobs gone. They said, "Fuck you! I'm not doing it." They walked away. What did Trump ask them to do? Uh, and of course, when that happened, guess who got that position of power? Steve Ziegheil Bannon from Breitbart. That is correct. Uh, he is now. Uh, the Director of the National Intelligence and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Really? Really? Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Um, according to this one here, uh, Lawfare blog, malevolence, tempered incompetence, 
Trump's uh, horrifying executive order on refugees and visas. Uh, put simply, I don't believe that the stated purpose is the real purpose. This is the first policy the U.S. has adopted in the post-9-11 era about which I've ever said this. Uh, it's a great charge of not making it late, but in the rational pursuit of security objectives, you don't marginalize your expert security agencies and fail to vet your ideas through a normal emergency process. Don't target the wrong people in nutty ways when you're rationally pursuing real security objectives. Why do you do these things? When you're elevating the symbolic politics of bashing Islam over any actual security interest. You're doing them when you made a deliberate decision to burden human lives to make a point. In other words, this is not a document that will cause hardship and misery because of regrettable incidental impacts on people injured in pursuit of a public good. It's causing hardship and misery for tens of thousands of people because that's precisely what it's intended to do. Uh, let's see. On his more about the Trump reorganizing the National Security Council, elevating Steve Bannon and demoting Director of National Intelligence and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, Bannon is joining the NSC's Principals Committee, the top interagency group advising the President and National Security. Uh, the Director of National Intelligence and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff will now attend meetings only when issues pertaining to their responsibilities and expertise are to be discussed. So in other words, he's shutting out his top security officials. You can't know what's going on behind closed doors. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, and political strategists like Bannon have never before participated in national security council principal meetings because the NSC is supposed to give the president's what? Nonpartisan factual advice. No place for that in a dictatorship, people. Uh, there's a whole article on the dangerous rise of Steve Bannon from Robert Reich. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, yesterday, the Department of Justice gave a no comment when asked whether the Office of Legal Counsel had reviewed any of Trump's executive orders, including the order at hand. This uh, organization normally reviews every executive order. Uh, <laughs> he is fucking Nero, Caligula, and Adolf Hitler all in one, and half of America or less. I think it's a smaller group, to be honest with you. Uh, but is sitting there hiling him like he is the second coming of Christ. Yeah, he's the second coming of something, all right? He's a fucking antichrist. Uh, here's another one for you. White House claims five-year-old boy detained in U.S. airport for hours could oppose a security threat. He's a U.S. citizen who lives with his mother in Maryland. Uh, let's see if there's anything wonderful in here. Oh, yeah, he was detained for more than four hours and handcuffed in the airport because they thought he posed a security risk. He's a U.S. citizen with an Iranian mother. Uh, and in a press briefing, our good pal, Mr. Sean Spicer, uh, was unrepentant about the incident. To assume that just because of someone's age and gender that they don't pose the threat would be misguided and wrong. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's actually one more here that I'll do. Just get out of here because I'm just disgusted that this even happened, that any of you allowed this to happen. I sure as fuck did. So... This was maybe a week or so back. Uh, January 19th, Trump said he would cut funding for the violence against women's programs in the Department of Justice. January 19th, he said he would cut funding for the NEA. January 19th, he said he would cut funding for the uh, National Endowment for Humanities. January 19th. Uh, these are all January 19th here. Uh, he would cut funding for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. He would cut funding for the Minority Business Development Agency. The Economic Development Mission. This is all the ones that I mentioned earlier. Uh, and let's see, going back. Office of Fossil Energy. Uh, he ordered all regulatory powers of federal agencies frozen. 
He ordered all regulatory powers of all federal agencies frozen. Stop your job. You ain't doing nothing until I tell you to. Zig Heil. Uh, he ordered the National Park Service on January 20th to stop using social media after uh, real-timing factual side-by-side photos of the crowds for the 2009 and 2017 inaugurations. Oh, wait. You exposed that. I'm full of shit about my big crowds because nobody showed up. Nobody supports me. You're on notice. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, roughly 230 protests were arrested in D.C. and faced unprecedented felony riot charges. Among them were legal observers, journalists, and medics. A uh, member of the International Workers of the World was shot in the stomach in an anti-fascist protest in Seattle intervened critical condition. On the 21st, he brought a group of 40 cheerleaders to a meeting with the CIA to cheer for him during a speech that consisted entirely of praising himself as the victim of dishonest press. He actually brought himself a fucking cheerleader. So he could play the video party. Yeah, not a dictator, right? Uh, let's see, on the 21st, uh, Sean Spicer had a press conference forced to attack the press for accurately reporting the size of attendance at the inaugural festivities, saying the inauguration had the largest audience any in history, period. Uh, on the 22nd, that evil bitch, Kellyanne Conway, defended Spicer's lies as alternative fact on national television news. Uh, he appeared to blow a kiss to director James Comey, CIA, uh, or sorry, this guy, uh, during a meeting with Scott, and then opened his arms in a gesture of speech maternal affection before hugging him with a pat on the back. Everybody knows that Comey announcement that posting up Stones two days before he elected. Um, he then reinstated the global gag order on the 23rd, which defunds net international organizations that even mention abortion as a medical option. That's it, slave. Have that kid. Um... Yeah, and also on the 23rd, Spicer said the U.S. will not tolerate China's expansion onto islands in the South China Sea, essentially threatening war with China. Um, he then repeated the lie that three to five million people voted illegally, thus costing him the popular vote. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was announced that the man who shot the anti-fascist protest in Seattle was released without charges, despite the fact that the guy tried to go in. Uh, on the 24th, Spicer reiterated the lie that three or five days voted for the speech, thus the popular vote. Uh, Trump takes a picture from his Twitter account of a photo he says depicts the crowd as inauguration and will hang in the White House press room. It's curiously dated January 21st, the day after the inauguration and the day of the Women's March, which was the largest inauguration-related protest in history. He's hanging the Women's March protest as if that was a candy's inauguration. Think about the irony. Uh, oh, no lies here. Uh, let's see, the EPA was then ordered to stop communicating with the public through social media, or the press, and to freeze all grants and contracts. Uh, the USDA was ordered to stop communicating with the public through social media, or the press, and to stop publishing any papers or research. This is the USDA, folks. You don't know what the fuck's going in your food now. Uh, all communication with the press would have to be authorized and vetted by the White uh, a bill that prohibit federal funding not to abortion service providers, but any insurance coverage, including Medicaid, that provides abortion coverage, went to the floor of the House for a vote. Uh, the Director of the Department of Health and Human Services, Tom Price, characterized federal, federal guidelines on transfer quality as third. Uh, he ordered the resumption of construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline by the North Dakota State Congress to the bill that legalized 
legalize hitting and killing protesters with cars if they are on roadways. Big hile, people. Uh, it was discovered that police officers had used confiscated cell phones to search the emails and messages of the 230 demonstrators now facing felony riot charges for protesting on January 20th, including lawyers and journalists whose email accounts contain privileged information of clients and sources. Ever hear of unreasonable search and seizure football? If you've read to hear it, then I hope you understand why I call this a fascist regime, which uses alternative facts to justify things most with a conscience would never vote for. And that's not even it. Uh, let's see if there's anything else I even care to share here. Fucking unbelievable. Uh, oh, this is a map of active hate groups. They're all over the damn place. Interestingly, all over the Midwest and East Coast, uh, with a large section where there's nothing going on, like the Dakotas and Nebraska and Kansas, and there's like nobody there. So it's interesting. You know, you would think that that would be where all the the cracker, you know, neo Nazi types. No, they're just all farmers and stuff. Yeah, they're chilling. Meanwhile, over here, everything from like the east of the Mason Dixon line, from like you know uh, East Texas on over to Rhode Island, is filled with these hate groups. Uh, the Klan, neo Nazis, white nationalists, racist skinheads, uh, Christian identity, neo Confederates, uh, black separatists. Uh, you know, all the things that basically Trump is saying is no longer terror organizations. Uh, so enough of that, motherfucker. Uh, let's go on to our pal, Mr. Squiggly, and then we'll go on to some funny news. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's no excuse for this. Anybody that did not get out there and vote against him, uh, and honestly, even though I don't like her and had voted for Hillary this last election, if you didn't do that, this is your fault. Whether by omission or commission, it's your fault. So I'll sleep with that every night. Hi, it's that time again, folks. Time for Squiggly's movie review. Hi, everyone. Nice to be back. And welcome to another edition of my movie reviews. Hi, I'm Don Squiggly here. And as always, my transmission comes to you from my plush studios up here in Glory Hole Falls. In Arkansas. Okay, now listen. This week's movie is called Look Who's Back. Now, I just hope that most of you dumbasses can read, because this movie's in German with subtitles. Uh huh. That's unless you can understand the language, of course, just like me. Yeah, that's right. Bet you didn't know the squeaks could speak fluent Jerry, huh? <laughs> that's right. I had to learn the language within three days before I was sent into the heart of Berlin as an undercover operative to infiltrate the German high command during war. Yup, I caused so much trouble at Hitler's bunker that them Nazis there didn't know whether to piss or take a crap or sing somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> so there you go. Now, it's back to the movie. So after a seven-decade hiatus, Adolf Hitler returns to Berlin, emerging alive from his cremation pit outside his erstwhile bunker to take modern Germany by storm when he's mistaken for a comedian. Now, when I seen that, I thought, what a load of pit shit. But being the kind of open-minded person, as you all know I am, I persisted. Oh, excuse me. 
So here we have a movie that aims to be a buddy comedy. It includes filmed interactions with real people. It uses the medium of film to satirize the more popular media of television and the internet. Now Adolf Hitler is played by an actor called Oliver Masucci. I, I gotta tell you, he's an uncanny likeness to this fascist fucker. I mean, scary looking, but at times quite comical. Now listen, as Hitler finds his footing, a hapless loser of a freelance newsman, Fabian Sawatsky, played by Fabian Bush, becomes his guide. And I had to look at that name twice and realize that Sawatsky is an anagram of swastiker. Ha <laughs> ha, very clever. But nothing gets past the squiggly. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyhow, Snazzy Boy and Swastiker head off on a road trip across Germany in a flower van borrowed from Swastiker's mother. Well, you're probably thinking this is all kind of getting far-fetched. But you think about it. It ain't as far-fetched as it seems. I mean, ain't they already flyogenically freezing bodies for the future? So this might be what the future may hold. I don't mean Hitler and girly boy's friend Mussolini walking around the streets. Though that would be funny. I mean, there may already be these kind of zombie-style folk among us for all we know. That would probably account for the majority of the GOP. <laughs> so there you go. Now listen, fascist boy and swastiker tour the country, interacting with locals, taking in the scenery, before they find Hitler has become an overnight sensation on YouTube. That's when a TV company steps in and signs him up for a comedy show, unaware that this guy is a real deal. But Hitler, he don't give a shit. He's gonna use that platform to get his message across. And before you know it, his political message ain't a joke anymore, but a message that has got the people talking about the state of Germany's current political system. Now listen, it seems that the modern world can accept crazy racists with charisma. And that's where Hitler finds a crack in the armor of modern society while still retaining his fascist beliefs he's always had. No one wants a third Reich anymore, so he decides to rewrite Mein Kampf with the title The Fourth Reich. <laughs> God. Well again folks, I ain't gonna tell you how this one ends. So you'll just have to grab a copy or it's available on Netflix. Now, to my five-star rating, and I think it's worth a four. As I think this was quite balanced between satirical and truthfulness. Now you see, the problem with movies of this kind is that the past history of this guy is shameful. And I know this kind of thing could cause offense among people. Especially among the Jewish community, and that's understandable. Well, until we can look at things objectively and find a way to make fascists like this look ridiculous, all we're gonna do is portray them as some kind of martyr. And if you look at it, that's exactly what we're doing right now in this country with another newborn tyrant. Anyhow, I like this. I thought it was a story away from the norm and quite amusing. Incidentally, it's directed by a guy by the name of David Flint. 
So there you go. Look who's back. Okay, folks, how's it gonna go? But join me next time on the Squiggly Movie Review. Right here on the Big Papa Network via blogtalkradio.com. Have a good one. Here. And with that, let's see if the man himself is available. Robert. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing tonight? Not bad, Paul. I'm a bit sore tonight, but uh, oh, it's been an eventful fucking weekend and a whole fucking eventful week so far, even though it's only Monday. That's for sure. Uh, ah, yeah, no, I was out for a meal with a few friends tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, oh, that's good. So, what'd you get? Well, <clears throat> the restaurant I go to in, uh, is a, in a town not far from here. I've actually known the chef that works here. I've known him for years. He used to work in Edinburgh. And uh, <laughs> he always gives me this kind of, he rolls his eyes when I walk in the restaurant because he knows I'm vegetarian, you see. So, and this guy comes to me. Uh, Bologna, the land of the fucking the meat. Right. You know they have meat in it. Right? So he's <laughs> yeah. saying, "Not seen you a long, not seen you a long time, not seen you a long time." That that sounds fucking Chinese, actually. Wow. Uh, he said, oh, "I've not seen you a long time." So, uh, but I just I just kind of stick to what I know best. He makes this talk to leave and the uh, the seafood stuff and it's fucking beautiful, really, really nice. Yeah. Well, you say you can always get away with pasta, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, I just have a nice. Uh, I'm, I'm not a bit white wine drinker, or no. but a nice bottle of frisky. I'm not a pretentious bastard with white. Okay. I always think that white wines are a bit of a fresh. Uh, so yeah, I was I enjoyed it. It was, it was good to get out of the house. I mean, I've just been sitting about. It. I've been fucking idle. Yeah, I'm not a big white wine person. Yeah, I can't get to work. I can't <laughs> get to work with this Yeah, that was a very painful thing there for yourself on Friday night. I mean, that was uh, that was a nightmare. I mean, it just I was coming. See, I, I don't have a staircase for my 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 wee studio room up here for the attic downstairs because. It's kind of in a funny situation. You can't get a staircase fitted in here because they'd be sitting in the middle of the hallway. So I've got to use a retractable ladder. But uh, the ladder wasn't fixed to the fence. So I, I was on. I was listening to Paul show on uh, Friday night. Right. And I thought, right, well, I've got to get, a, I've got to get another beer. So I, I just got to the ladder. And you, you know when you feel some kind of slipping away? And the ladder slipped right sort of on the rug down the stair, and I just I was actually hanging on to the the hatch because the ladder was right. fucking collapsed below me. But I was hanging on by my fingernails. I just couldn't hang on, so bang down the way and just. But I landed right on top of the ladder, and I was. Oh, but what surprised me? Yeah, because what surprised me and my wife, you said the same thing. It's like, we figured you might have broke your leg from falling as opposed to your ribs. So what did you do, land on the ladder? Well, I landed on the ladder, yeah. And I, yeah, as yeah. I landed on the ladder, it's kind of funny. The ladder seemed to sort of tipped on its side. 
and I felt my shoulder going. Right, yeah. I was trapped under the ladder, so I couldn't move. But luckily, I had my phone in my back pocket, which I managed to reach into. And wow. I phoned the paramedics, and they came in. And, so. Oh, a fucking nightmare. And I got the guy, yeah. the guy's standing shaking his head. He's going, what the fuck's going on? She's all I wanted was a fucking deer, and here I am, you know. <laughs> That's right. You can't take it now because you're taking the, uh, the painkillers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's been I'm a really be, rough be, weekend all around. I mean, that event, when I found out, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you want to take a walk? Yeah. I was, uh, I was, uh, what was I going to say? I, uh, I saw so that was out on Friday night, so I was kind of fucked. And I, I ended up in the hospital, and they were keeping me in overnight. And all that. I mean, the, the doctor in the hospital, you know, I was a bit under the weather with the alcohol, as you know, but right. the doctor was saying it could have been a lot worse if you hadn't been drunk, because when you're, you're sober, your automatic reaction is to try and save yourself. He says, and that's normally where right. most of the injuries come from. When somebody's sober, we always find when somebody's drunk, we've got less injuries for some reason. So uh, <laughs> I spent the night in the hospital. Spent the night in the hospital with a bunch of, uh, was like pensioners that were all in the beds. And, uh, you know, right. the place was stinking shit. I know, oh, fuck me, man, come right. on. <laughs> I said, but please move me to one of the side rooms. And then, oh, no, no, the side rooms are fucked. Uh, you know, special cases, you can't uh, fuck So they're like, the old pensioners are all lying, farting wow. all night, and screaming for the, the medication. And I'm like, oh, fuck, see? It's just as well as I'm drunk. It's amusing that you actually were better off because you were drunk. You were actually better off yeah, because you I'm were drunk. It. Because you're right, you didn't try to. Your muscles didn't tense up, and <laughs> well, that's, right. that's exactly what's ironic in a way. That's, that's he says, you know, because that's what happens. Your body tenses up when you're in a, a precarious situation like that. He says, but because you're right, and he says your body is just fucking. You're just fell down and you've just let it go. You know, you've just landed. Exactly. Is because if you're trying to... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're just kind of like... Have you been sober and trying to manoeuvre your body as you're falling? Because that's when you get a lot of injuries. That's just so funny. I mean, it's like, if you were actually sober, you would have been worse off. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah but, probably know, hey, it all there. works together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lesson there. If you're ever going to fall out, if you're ever going to fall out, and I think make sure you're drunk. <laughs> exactly it. If you're ever going to fall, people, remember, be drunk first. <laughs> Always do like roofing and you know climbing ladders and shit like that that you think would be dangerous otherwise. Do it while you're loaded. <laughs> well, so. So anyway. that's another thing. But, you know, the coffin, but, uh, coffin, so, yeah, that was another great thing that happened this week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was coughing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think I... Coughing oh, yeah. in that restaurant tonight, and that's, that's a painful thing on the fucking ribs. And it was a mate of mine's. 
that I was sitting with, and he just kept making me laugh. But you know, when you laugh that much, you end up starting fucking coughing. Start to cough, exactly. And I'm, I'm going, time. would you shut the <laughs> Yeah, that's just where you, sh- you shut the fuck up, or you're going to end up with fucking broken ribs or still your bastards. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's speeding your healing by making those ribs hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's like good friends. Yeah, they were saying stupid things like go and ask the fucking chef because you'll make you spare ribs, you know. <laughs> that's right. You can use the spare ribs. <laughs> oh, wow, you make me cough. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so, so, yeah, so yeah, it's been a really eventful weekend. You know, a lot of us uh, trying to. Sorry, on you go. Oh, on you go. Now, I was just going to say it's a really eventful weekend between uh, what happened with you and what happened with Matt, and a lot of us kind of being worried and trying to trace, uh, you know, trace him down, see what the hell's going on, and. Uh, you know, him not answering phone calls, and I don't know what the hell else was going down. But like I said, you know, we one way or another finally got in touch with him last night. So we know he's okay, and he said what he said I mentioned yeah. earlier in the show. So hopefully this will all be short term, and you know, just you know, needs a little time off to get back together. I understand that, especially with all the stuff that's going down in his life right now. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens, and we'll keep you guys appraised. Uh, so yeah, no. I guess. Yeah. The thing is, Doc, you know, it's, you're always better maybe in your situation yeah. when you try to run the show is to, to try and have a contingency plan because, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Matt. He might, he's obviously got a lot of personal issues and stuff like that that's going on. It's like, I'm yeah. not 100% sure what they are, but, you know, whatever they are. I mean, if I was in your position personally, I'd be saying, right, I would, I would actually be treating it as, you know, I don't think he's going to be coming back, so I've got to try and come up with something else as an alternative. I know you're trying to do that, and I've had a look around as well, and I'll tell you the thing, is that I was having a look to see if I could dig up anybody to be a co-host. I mean, the people that I know probably are not suitable, and I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll Google and, mm. and see if there's actually anybody that's sort of advertising that they're looking to do a podcast, you know what I mean? But when I when I came across right. the Reds, it's like everybody's got a show that's looking for a ghost, you know what I mean? There's freaking hundreds of them. Yeah. I thought, oh, my true. God, Ken, there's a lot of people looking for ghosts. So it's going to be really difficult. It's just you know, as bad really as being in a freaking band and you lose one key member. Well, that's it. I mean, that's so. exactly what it's like. I mean, if you've but, got... I mean, if you you know a base player that you work with close to it and you bounce off each other and then that person's gone, you've got a new member coming in and it's like, you know, who is this fucking person? You just don't know. You don't know how it works, you know. It's going to take everything in sport. You know, it's a team sport when it works, when it gels together, it works. And then when it's yep. it's fragmented, you know, you've got somebody else. Yeah, that's what happened with my... Uh... When my drummer hung up his uh, sticks there and sold off his set, that was like, that was it. So, you know, who knows what's going on here. Uh, but for now, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll see what happens. But again, you know, it very well may be a situation where uh, 
like I said, we get off BTR. I just move all the stuff to the archives somewhere free, and uh, that's it for now, and we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping, and from things he said, it's possible. So uh, he didn't basically tell me I forget about it. I'm done, <laughs> even though that's kind of the original message he put out. Uh, that was what I spoke, spoke to him yeah. last night. That wasn't oh. what came across. So I, th- I think what that was for really, uh, Walking Gallop, for what it was when he went Facebook, and he, he just had enough of the whole political spectrum inside that, you know, and it, it just changed them totally off. I think it, I yeah. think it was trumped out with the whole fucking thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, and and we all are, and I said to him, even I've seen this many times where people just kind of drop off Facebook for a bit. And then they come back and do some light usage, you know, whatever, maybe prune their friends list a little bit and people that are really pissing them off and, you know, cut out some news items, you know, unlike a couple of things. You know, I just recently unliked about 100 fucking pages about a month ago, uh, and it's still not enough. You know, there is something to be said for not stepping away from it totally, not stepping away from all your friendships and connections and whatever, but – just you know, backing away from social media because we've all become too obsessed with it. And unfortunately, the way that the algorithms run, the way that things happen, the, the kind of friends that you draw to yourself becomes a bit of an echo chamber. Uh, and people are, really feel free to be hostile on the internet. So uh, I don't know what kind of stuff he was putting up with. You know, I wasn't on his feed in that respect. You know, I wasn't sitting on his side of the screen, if you will. Uh, but you know. Uh, I don't see a reason to let a couple of bad apples and some bullshit just like stop you what you're doing if you're enjoying it. I don't know. Maybe he's not enjoying it right now. I'm not sure where he's at with all the stuff that's going on. So what we know is what I told you earlier, and that's going to be the stance for the moment. Uh, but you know, stay tuned because we don't know what's really going to happen here. Uh, and like I said, Third Eye, the, the page is going nowhere. We're going to continue doing our you know, uh, music reviews every month. We're going to continue doing our Vinegar Syndrome stuff as long as they keep sending it to us. And um, you know, in terms of the podcast, they will always be available one way or the other. I'm not going to let them just fade into the ether. Uh, but you know, will it still be on Blog Talk? I don't know. We're going to see what happens here. Um, well, see, so, there's another, is there anything there's another, else? There's another thing, Doc. You know, when it, the way that uh, podcasts are kind of going is that they seem to just a lot of them are drifting away from Blog Talk. You know, you know as well because I think what, what you're paying for premium prices for that is quite. You know, it's quite high for the quality that you're fucking getting off of them. And the... Yep. The, the podcast, and if you see it now, a lot of them are fucking moving on to, you know, Facebook and that, it's totally free, free. And the thing is, I know it's difficult because you need a server with uh, all your stuff that you need to get stored. Well, that, that's a difficult part of uh, But I think and it always, I right. don't know what it is, but it always seems to be a really good quality audio that's coming out of that compared to what BTR is. You know, I just think BTR is so fucking crap in their quality. Uh, that's what they need to sort yeah. out. Yeah, no, they definitely choke. They didn't seem to be interested in doing that, dealing with that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, they've uh, positioned themselves as the original and main source for all this stuff. Uh, a lot of other ones are not really latchkey. They're not user-friendly. And if you're going to use a uh, – not in terms of the archives, but in terms of you know a continuing podcast, 
Uh, you have to do a lot more on your end. There's a lot more of uh, you know getting your own server kind of a thing. I, I know there's places like Lipson out there I hear about that are you know more difficult, more expensive, what have you. Uh, but yeah. you know, again, it, the issue for me is whether we continue to do podcasts for long after this. You know, for now, he seems to want to leave us on the, a pilot light on, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but I don't know how long that's going to last. You know, if, we, if we're still talking about this and you know the end of March, beginning of April or something, and he says, "Okay, I'm not going to come back yet," then that may be it. And then we'll just move the archives and see you. Uh, yeah, fun. Uh, and it's sad because it's something that I've gotten used to having done this for six years with him, uh, and not just with him, but with other things. It's just, you know, am I going to go back and reboot the interviews on Third Eye? I don't think so. Uh, am I going to go reboot Moving Towards Light? No, I don't think so, given where the two of us are right now in our own lives and you know where, what we said and what we had to say and such. Uh, I know Lewis was interested in joining that and rebooting it, but you know Lewis went his way too. I don't know what his deal is. That's a different story. It has nothing to do with what Matt's yeah. doing here. That was just more of him being crazy. But you know, nonetheless, yeah. that's uh, gone as well. So, and we gave a shot at having somebody to recruit for that show, and that didn't work. So. Uh, and I posted that a lot of places. So uh, a lot of people seemed interested. A lot of people looked at it, but no bites. So uh, for all intents yeah. and purposes, those three podcasts are gone. They're just archives. That's it. Uh, you know, you get 90 episodes of the one, 50 of the other, and 10 of the other. And uh, enjoy them. They were great. Uh, good stuff to be found there. Lots of laughs, lots of entertainment. Uh, some can even learn some things, but uh, those are all basically gone. So this was the only one that was still going, and that's why it was kind of a, a real shocker to hear this happen. I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah, now yeah. what? <laughs> and it's not like, you know, someone circles a podcast where it's like, you know, I, I told him once the other day, I was like, I'd be happy to join somebody else's show kind of like you're doing. It's like, you know, a regular caller contributor or, you know, a partner or whatever, uh, co-host on somebody else's show. That doesn't bother me. Uh, but in terms of, you know, who's it really going to be? I mean, you know, we've, we've got one friend that basically talks about brews and you know, cheap beer and shit. And I was like, okay, yeah, he's a great guy, but I don't have too much to say on that. I'm a, lately I'm a red wine drinker, if that, uh, and you know, there's not that many people out there that are uh, podcasting in the areas that we dealt with that are looking for somebody. You know, they're looking for somebody that's just kind of like we do it, you know, casual, loose, and easy. And here we go, let's do some improv, uh, have some laughs. Uh, and of course, not everybody shares the same sense of humor. And there are people with very different political uh, views, as you know. Uh, and I don't know how long I could stomach that personally. Uh, yeah. You know, if you keep it to yourself, whatever, I don't care. But if it becomes like a thing on air, that's really kind of bone grinding. Uh, so you know, it's what's really going to happen from here. I don't know. Uh, I did have. Yeah, go ahead. There's two, two elements to your show, Doc. I mean, there's there's that political. Sorry. You know, that satire side of things. And then there's a comedy side of things. That's, that's, that, that's exactly. the thing that I was hoping that Matt to expand on into the show. You know, you know, like a 50-50 thing. You know? and, uh, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know if he was... He just had a hang-up about doing the show. Or he just... You know, it maybe he just felt that it wasn't drifting the way he was wanting to go. You know, because he... Uh, uh, Basically, he's a, he's a comedian. That's what he is. He's a yeah. comedian. He likes to laugh at jokes. You know, that's what's happening. So, but what I was going to say was, maybe it'd be interesting. That if, because there's a lot of comedians out there. 
Right. You know, and I've got a lot of comedians that, that might be interested in actually doing the podcast. Right. Yes, but, I know. You know, as a as a contingency, as a contingency, I've never asked any of them, but that might yeah. be a contingency if Matt decides that he's going to move on to other things. Exactly. And, you know, it's also a very particular style of humor that we've got here. It's very, uh, from our age and demographic and uh, sort of sophomore, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I do hear it all over from people of all generations, but I think it's the particular nuances of it and the uh, lack of political correctness without being, you know, uh, racist and far right uh, leaning is kind of unique. So uh, there are specific things about our relationship uh, dynamic, if you will, that you really weren't going to find anywhere else. And that's why those who followed us followed us and those who couldn't deal with it couldn't deal with it. Um, you know, where this goes from here, I don't really know. And you're right. I mean, you know, Matt might be happy just jumping in on some kind of comedy thing, but uh, I would think that he's already done some of that. You know, that's kind of his forte and his base. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not out there with him. I have not seen him in person since he moved to Los Angeles. So, I mean, I've seen him on yeah. Skype and things like that, but, uh, you know, it's all been audio and phone calls and shows and what have you, and texts and IMs and uh, Facebook and whatever the hell else. Uh, but nonetheless... See, uh, it kind of strikes me as, uh, you know, he's, the, he's a man that likes to be on stage with an audience. Yes. You know, he strikes me as that kind of life guy. You know, maybe right. it's just not comfortable casting, you know, it just isn't for comedians it's it's the buzz of being on stage, it always does mean, you know. But doing it on podcast is kinda of different, you know, because you've not got that same response that you get to an audience, you see. Well see, I actually think something you didn't know is that he used to do radio back in college. Uh and so he's always right. had the radio bug. Uh he actually had said at several points that one of his plans when he grew up, quote unquote, back when, was, oh yeah, I wonder if I can get into radio and be like a, a DJ, an announcer, or a Howard Stern type. Uh, so uh -huh. I don't think it's so much just that he only wants to be on stage and not on a podcast. That's not the issue. Uh, you know, in terms of where the podcast goes, who the hell knows? You know, I had agreed with him originally when we were talking about like, oh maybe we should switch it down and uh, move more towards you know just the comedy and the goofiness. Um, but it's kind of possible when you've got this lunatic, you know, doing 20 crazy things a day uh, and has not calmed down in whatever it's been, four or five weeks. Uh, so that's always going to be there, unfortunately, whether you want to laugh at it or cry. Um, but nonetheless, that was yeah, the she... whole idea. And I thought that part of the idea of bringing on the new skits that we were doing was to introduce more of that as opposed to just – Leaving it because there was a point way back which you probably weren't even here for, uh, where it was just politics, and that's when he was bringing on all those round tables and all those guests and what have you, uh, and that could get tedious. Yeah. I mean, I I really wasn't too fond of that myself, uh, but you know, we changed directions many times, and uh, I thought that our personalities yeah. always shine through in the end, and that's what made it work. Now, where it's going to go now, I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, how long he's going to be gone. You know, what he's ultimately going to decide. Uh, you know, and how long we want to keep the the lines open and the pilot light lit. So, but that's the mode we're in right now, and we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. So, well, there's uh, so much more you can do than that. I mean, it's you're, I mean, you're sort of 
fumbling about in the dark looking for answers. But, you know, it's yeah. ultimately what what Matt's going to decide what he's going to do at the end. Whatever he exactly. does at the end of the day, he's always from the best of luck. You know, whatever he does, you know. Exactly. You know, he's, 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 he's a man that's He's, he's been through the mill, so to speak. You know, he's been through it. So yeah. And don't forget, you know. I mean, you've known him for since whatever last summer. Uh, you know, I've known this guy for a long time. I mean, yes, we didn't talk for a lot of years, yeah. just like a lot of people from high school and college era. But you know, it's been six years this way, plus you know, wherever it was, I guess six years back when. So at the very least, we had twelve years of knowing each other, and six of those in person. Uh, so, and a lot of experience goes by with that. You know, it's, it's not just like you see somebody once in a blue moon. It's just somebody you're hanging around with, and doing stuff with, uh, and a lot of connections. You know, other people that you're doing stuff with together and things like that. Uh, so, you know, I think I got a pretty good handle on where he's been and who he is. Yeah, it's just a question of where where's he going to go now? What? How badly does this whole situation that's going on in his life? impact him to the point where you know what used to be a refuge which was this podcast where you could have some fun and you know blow off some steam have some laughs and you know I'd, I'd give him some whatever throw him some jokes throw him some advice you know keep him on his toes you know keep the improv rolling you know he would bitch about it which was strange but you know it was usually just a joke lately i wasn't so sure it was a bunch of a joke he was getting a little more uh irascible on the intros and i was like well this is really strange why is he so pissy uh, but you know, I'm not sure where he's at right you now, know, and was, I'm hoping that just, you know, he was just probably blowing off steam, you know, everybody does that. But I think yeah. you know, maybe some of the other issues are, you know, I mean, you said that's what it is. The Munchie Mobile, the Yeah, the the project's not really going on for me. I actually pushed them off, you know, because. He had this whole idea, you know, get this thing on the fucking road, and he's going to make a decent living out of it, which was a great yeah, idea, yeah. but, you know, he's got a lot of things to trying to get past that, you know, and it's probably, he just probably sucking with fucking everything, you know. Eventually, it does mount up on top of you, and it does get on top of you with a lot of things, and you just want to shut off, and that's what happens. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Again, like I said in the beginning, I didn't want to get too much, you know, too personal here. And people listening to the archives already know all this yeah. stuff. You've heard say it. But, you know, he's had a lot of setbacks, a lot of great ideas, uh, some of which we were able to pursue or he was able to pursue to some extent. But there was always another setback. And, you know, the move to the Midwest there from L.A. was a major one in a lot of ways. I mean, he was doing it for his right. wife. And for her career, and when that fell apart, and then his plan, because he had a, he was supposed to move from one uh, section of his company to a satellite of the same company out there, and then they decided to be shitheads in Canada right before he left. So he was like double fucked, and ever since then, it's been a game of catch up. Okay, well, how about this idea, and how about this idea, and how about something else, and you know, fighting money troubles, and fighting health issues, and fighting whatever, losing his dog, his favorite dog, and all this crap. There's a lot of stuff that went down. If you you can listen to the archives and hear it all, it's not a secret. It's just, um, I think at this point, you know, like you said, he may just be in that mode where it's like none of this stuff's gonna work out, and I think that it will. I really do have faith that eventually things are going to work out. Uh, it's just, you know, right now where he's at, and 
Uh, again, I always look at this podcast, and I thought he always did from what he said, as an oasis. Okay, this is where I go to get my head on straight and get a few laughs and blow some steam. And the fact that he's walked away from it and said, that's it, I'm done. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, so I'm really baffled by this and concerned. And you know, other friends are concerned as well. Like I said, we were able to speak to him in one form or another last night, really. Uh, so I'm not as concerned as I was, but it really did kind of fuck up my whole weekend, you know, from like Thursday through, you know, today. Uh, and he's like, he's you like, know, he's like the only kid. He's, he's like the only kid. Exactly. You ain't trying to fall. You ain't trying to fall a fucking hatch. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're going falling down a ladder and breaking your ribs and wind up in the hospital. <laughs> he's all messed up and doing his shit. I mean, everybody's running around scrambling, like, oh my god, is he okay? What's going on? I mean, I had a couple of friends that were like. Uh, you know, practically, you know, like, oh my God, is, is he still alive? That was actually a joke I made at the end. I was like, well, at least he's still alive. Like, you know, like, you know, I didn't think that, but you know, nonetheless, it's like, wait, what happened here? This is a lot more serious than we thought. Uh, he's taking it harder than we thought, you know, because a lot of his stick. He's a comedian. You know, he plays this thing about, oh yeah, we don't have everybody listening to us, and you know, I'm going nowhere and all that crap. And to some extent, he's really feeling that, and to some extent, he's just trying to be funny and blowing off steam and you know, playing the pity thing. But you know, apparently, a lot of this was hitting him harder and taking a lot more personal than it came off. So, you know, this is where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Well, I mean, see, the thing about the thing about comedians, though, is that you know, they've always got this kind of aura that hangs around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it only works for them when they step on the stage or they're entertaining the masses. And right. as soon as they step out, they step out of that, they think they're up. It, it's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's always that kind of same thing with comedians. I mean, probably all of them went through the yep. all of them went through the same kind of thing, you know. It's like when you're away from the entertainment, it's like you become nothing. My is feeling a wee bit like that, you know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can't put my finger on it, but I think apart from, you know, I mean, he, he does suffer from depression. He's, he's openly admitted that. And uh, I think it's, you know, there's other issues, obviously. There could be a lot of things like finance and that. And, you know, so financial troubles, you know, they're one of the biggest fucking problems, not just fucking years, for everybody. You know, they are yeah. so fucking depressed. When you think that you've just got yourself out of the back, you sort something out. Yep. Along yep. comes another fucking problem that can sell you hand and out money. And it becomes a fucking vicious circle that you cannot get out of it. It's a nightmare. And that can just a lot of people. That's a big accountability for a lot of people being fucking depressed. Trust me, I know. <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, it's not his situation by any means, but I've spent my whole life fighting that cycle of financial bullshit. And then I have periods like I hate to say right now where things are like, okay, well, at the moment we're okay, and I'm going to try to store up for when the next load of shit hits, or hopefully doesn't. But you know, I, I know exactly what that's all about, and it is. It really hits you hard. There's few things that hit you harder than financial issues. In you know, it's basically health, romance, finances. Yeah. Everything else is bullshit. Family and all that doesn't even matter. It, all that matters is those three things. Those three things will kill you, especially in combination. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd put romance right at the fucking top of that list. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, any one of them is bad enough on its own, but three together is a real bitch. I mean, okay, yeah, he, he's married, so oh, yeah. he's a thing, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, I know that they've both had some health issues in the past. He's mentioned that on air as well. And, of course, you know, the, the finance thing, it's, it's been a serious matter, especially since leaving L.A. I mean, leaving L.A. turned out to be a big mistake, it, not for intentions, but the way things turned out. It's just the way life works. Uh, and, you know, maybe he wants to go back even, and he can't. You know, you, you don't know what kind of a cycle they're in. Uh, this is all just inference from yeah. stuff he said and mostly from listening to the show. So, uh, yeah, that's you know. What, that's what I'm saying. It's, uh, that's what I'm saying to you. You know, we're kind of fumbling about in the dark. But whatever the reason is, is you know, we, we just hope he comes out the other end, whatever direction he goes in, you will get worked out for him because he's a mate of yours, you've known him a long time, and you want to see your mates progress, you want to see them do well. And that's the main thing. It doesn't exactly. matter about your own situation as long as you're doing okay because you can do deal with your own situation. I'm getting a bit profound here from my own fucking old age, but <coughs> oh, I shouldn't make call for that was so sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's like you know, you don't, you want, you want the best for them. You know, just yeah. make sure he's okay. And, you know, I mean, the podcasting, you know, is is secondary. You know, compared to himself and his finances and everything. Oh, of course. There's not even a question here. It's just the, it's always, the issue is this was an oasis for him, and he's openly admitted that. And the fact that he's walked away from it for now is concerning. You know, it's, it's it was a unprecedented, very strong move. Just to and again, not just say, okay, well, I'm done with the the podcast. I'm walking away from it. It's, it's I'm done with talking to anybody. <laughs> like what? Excuse me. Uh, I mean, I had a marshal of people that I figured would have his phone number. Not even many of them did, which surprised me. Uh, and we were all very concerned. Like, okay, is he all right? What's going on here? <laughs> you know? uh, and couldn't get him. So you know, it's uh, it's a weird situation. But again, the bottom line is yep. uh, he seems to be okay. He se- he expressed what I mentioned earlier. So. You know, we're just kind of uh, leaving the light on, like Motel 6 here. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what was I going to say? Yeah. I, I couldn't do the direct link that you sent me for the podcast because I, I kind of looked at the instructions because I've never used one of these direct links before. And it was asking me to plug a microphone in and uh, not to use the fucking microphone on the laptop. Oh, so you don't have like a headset or anything? Oh. No, I don't have it because all the mics that I've got are phantom power things and get plugged into the desk. So I don't have ah. a big dynamic mic I can just plug in. You see, that it wouldn't work for me. I so, just figured uh, it would no. make it easier because, like, you know, tonight you break up a lot just because of the connection or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, there you go. You, there's nobody else coming on. You can just use this direct link. It's the same way I usually called into the show here. Uh, and it's supposed yeah. to just take your headset, microphone, or whatever the hell, and there you go. Uh, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't yeah, work, no. whatever. Well, I've got, as I say, I mean, I've not got that kind of thing. It's just phantom, phantom power of mics that I've got. I mean, I could run a link through the desk and the laptop, yeah. but then you're kind of talking about the audio and the levels and shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's actually easier this way because there's always a delay on BTR. Yep. In this country, the United States, when I'm talking to you, there's always a few seconds delay. That's the problem with 
Yeah, there's a lot of pauses, like when I'm talking, I can't wait for you, and then, oh, wait, you start talking again. And it, it sounds really crazy on this end, but, yeah, that's what it is. You've got a delay over there, so. Yeah. Even though we're, we're like, 10 years ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give it another couple of weeks with Trump, you'll be, like, 100 years ahead of us. We'll all be sheep farmers. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. Yeah, actually, what I was going to do originally was uh, run some of our usual like weird news and stuff. But given the way that the show ran and, the, you know, I think we've covered everything that really needed to be covered. So uh, just so everybody knows what's going down, uh, that's where we are right now. We're kind of leaving the light on. Uh, you know, I'm not sure we're going to be doing this weekly, but, you know, as inspiration strikes and, uh, you know, I'll just drop Robert a line there and hopefully we'll come on air and do shorter shows than this. I'm sure they won't run this hour and a half. I wasn't expecting that tonight even. Uh, and, you know, we'll just see what happens for a month or two and then go from there. And in the meantime, I'm going to look into seeing about the, well, I don't want to say likelihood, but strong possibility of having to shut down BTR and move the archives elsewhere of all our podcasts. And that way, at least, you know, they'll be able to hear all the old shows for all four of the podcasts. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we'll go from there. Uh, but for now, uh, this is where we are, and you know the whole deal. And we will see you again soon. This is not the last show. Uh, it's just, you know, will you, we do this again next Monday? Will we do it again two or three weeks from now? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll find out as we go. You know, just keep stay tuned to uh, the Facebook pages. Of course, you got the Edi Level Facebook page and the Big Papa Online Facebook page, and uh, the Third Eye Cinema Twitter. I've been using to uh, promote the show as well. Uh, so you can just do uh, at Third Eye Cinema uh, Twitter, and uh, of course, ThirdEyeCinema.wordpress.com is uh, the main source for our standing podcast. Uh, those of you who are into weird scenes, uh, WeirdScenes1.wordpress.com, and uh, you know, moving towards light is on Facebook. Uh, that's basically it. And you know, appreciate you joining us there, Robert. Uh, hopefully, you can get together another. Uh... Yeah. No problem. Yeah, so hopefully you can get together another squiggly or uh, foreign correspondent uh, spot there for next time, because uh, we will do another time. So we'll definitely need another one or two of these things. Uh, and, you know, I'll talk to you soon and you out there in the listenership, uh, you know, we'll talk to you soon as well and, you know, dig back into the archives, enjoy what we've done. Uh, you know, we may see it's like again, and then again, we may not. Uh, so have fun and we will see you again soon. And those of you who allowed Trump to get in power, have fun sleeping with that idea. Uh, so here we go. Take care. Mm -hmm. Ciao. I'm looking for the outro, which I can't find. (laughs) Here we go. I'll use this. So, thanks for listening tonight. I hope you enjoyed our little, uh, you know, what's going on, state of the world status. We're at our level. And uh, we will return uh, possibly next week, possibly two weeks from now. Uh, Stay tuned to the pages. All the best of that. And hope uh, this will be back to normal soon.
ladies and gentlemen. Doc Savage, what's up, Doc? What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends one nineteen nineteen in store only.